Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where OP quits in a way that we all dream that we could quit. Our next Reddit post is from Bjorn the Old. This malicious compliance comes from my girlfriend, Jessica, which isn't a real name. For background, my girlfriend is a software test engineer at a computer science-related company. She has a lot of responsibilities there, but one of them involves reviewing bugs in the application, which she sees in the form of a ticket. For background, when Jessica started working at this company, her manager Bob would force every new hire to attend meetings every day, going over the ticketing system in excruciating detail. Even though all the new hires stated that they'd used ticketing systems before and didn't need another tutorial. This finally culminated in her manager stating in front of the whole team that the new hires couldn't attend a meeting as they had to go over the ticketing software. And all the new hires resoundingly stating that they didn't need any more tutorials and would be able to attend, which they did. These tickets get sent to various people, test engineers, managers, developers, etc. And in order for them to be closed, the bug needs to be reproduced by the person who wants to close it. And a fix to prevent the bug needs to be added to the code of the product. Here's where the malicious compliance takes place. Jessica is reviewing a ticket documenting a bug in their product and she consults her manager. The ticket gets sent to her manager who's tasked with reproducing it in order to develop a patch for the bug. Instead of this, her manager asks her to close the ticket herself since he can't reproduce the bug. This is clearly not how ticket reporting works since the whole point of that open ticket hasn't been fixed yet. Jessica just closed the ticket since her manager Bob told her to and she's only worked there for a few months. The only problem with this is that the ticketing reporting software requires a reason for closing the ticket to be documented, so people know who to talk to should the issue reoccur. Since Jessica was new, people would expect her to make mistakes, and it wouldn't be the end of the world if she incorrectly closed a ticket, but she wasn't about to take the fall for something that she had no control over. Since Jessica needed to add a reason for closing the ticket and didn't want to go against the request of her manager, she writes back to him. I'm sorry you can't reproduce it. What should I do? Go ahead and close the ticket. I can't reproduce the bug. Sure, since you mentioned during the tutorial on the ticketing software that all tickets require a reason for closing, I'll close it and add the reason that Bob can't reproduce the bug, and I was advised by Bob to close it. Her manager immediately replied back, as he apparently just realized what the description of his job was, and tells her not to close the ticket, and that he'll work immediately to reproduce the issue so it can be documented. Since this, her manager has appropriately documented every ticket she sent without any inane comments. All managers want you to follow protocol. Unless, of course, that leads to them having more work on their desk. So back before I became a professional YouTuber, my old job was to write documents for this corporation. I was on a team of like, I don't know, six or seven writers with one manager. We would have these meetings where the manager would assign different projects to different writers, and so as a result, everyone knew what everyone else was doing. And of course, inevitably, the manager would always assign himself the least amount of work. And we all knew it because we knew what he was doing. So what did he do with the rest of his day? Well, I'm pretty sure he just spent the whole day browsing Facebook. Our next Reddit post is from Dark. The cast of this story is me, my two-year-old son, a crazy tenant, and the building owner. Back from 2012 to 2015, I worked as a building supervisor with seven buildings I took care of. I also had a side job as a contractor to paint any apartment that needed it. I only did this part-time because of other duties for my buildings. If I didn't have time for painting, my employer would hire outside workers. I'd been a painter for about eight years by this time, and I did a very good job. I wanted everything perfect. At the time, my son was only two years old and I had him with me for two weeks. I had other building supers who were taking care of my buildings for my two weeks off. My boy started talking really early, and by two, he could speak quite clearly. 
He didn't make much sense, but you could understand every word he said. I got a call from one of my tenants angrily telling me that I must come to her place to paint her living room. Her grandkids drew all over her walls with Sharpies and she has company coming over and would be totally embarrassed if they saw her walls. I kindly told her that I'm on two-week vacation and can't help. She started screaming into the phone telling me that it's my job and I have to do this or she won't pay rent next month. I told her to call the building's owners and explain that to them and that they have three other painters on call. That went over like a loud fart in church. Then I told her that my painting and landlord statuses were two separate jobs, and I'm on a two-week vacation from both. She hung up and called the building owner. The building owner called me to ask for my side of the story. I told her, and she just laughed about it and said, if she calls back, just have fun. But she knows better than to threaten holding the rent back, because I warned her that if she didn't pay, she couldn't stay. I miss that woman. Less than five minutes later, I got the call I was expecting from the crazy tenant. She tried telling me the owner said that I had to be there by tonight and to get it done immediately. I laughed at her and told her that I already talked to the building owner and I'm still on vacation. That's when she said that she meant my painting boss. Malicious compliance activated. I said, oh, my boss is right here beside me. I'll put you on speaker so we can all straighten this out together. So I put the phone on speaker and told my son that he's wanted on the phone. He loved talking on the phone. He doesn't listen to you and just tells you about what's going on with his day. He tells you what he's watching on TV, tells you about the puppy pooping in the grass, etc. The crazy tenant couldn't be rude to a toddler, so after a few minutes of him chattering away, I picked up the phone and took it off speaker. I said into the phone, that's my boss, and by the sounds of him right now, it doesn't look like I can make it tonight. She just hung up. I didn't get another call from her. Our next Reddit post is from E51838. About 10 years ago, during my first full-time job out of college, I had a boss who decided that she hated me. I'm not completely sure why, but she would go out of her way to make my life miserable. She demoted me to an overnight shift, but wouldn't give me a reason. And she changed my shift around on a whim without notice. Once, she changed my schedule for the next day after I'd left without telling me, then wrote me up when I didn't show up on time. Stuff like that. She was a monster, so I was looking for another job. Well, I found one, and I went in to give her my two weeks' notice. This happened to be in the middle of a mass exodus for the company, as I was the fifth person to quit over the course of about three to four weeks. Morale was very low, and whenever anyone quit, she would buy pizza for everyone instead of addressing why the place was so miserable and people were leaving. After I gave my two weeks, she said, Don't tell anyone that you're leaving. So I said okay, walked out of her office and announced to all my coworkers, Hey, guess what everyone? You're all getting pizza! And they instantly knew what had happened. She was very unhappy, and I felt great. I served out the rest of my two weeks, and she never spoke to me again. <laughs> Man, this is why I love malicious compliance, because these people always do it to themselves. You want me to stay quiet about quitting? Fine, but you didn't tell me to stay quiet about pizza. Our next Reddit post is from my name here. The city I live in provides you with one recycling bin for free. If you want an extra one, it's 10 bucks. If your recycling bin breaks for any reason, they replace it for free. When I moved into my house, the old owners left the recycling bin. Both handles were broken, which made it nearly impossible to carry, so I took it to the dump to exchange it. When I got there, I was told that it was still usable so they won't replace it, but I could buy a new one for 10 bucks. After a bit of polite arguing, I asked if there was any restriction on how the bin breaks to have it replaced. They said, 
They said no. If it breaks for any reason at all and it's unusable, they would replace it. So I placed it on the floor and stomped on it a few times until it was in pieces. I then picked the pieces up and put them on the counter and said, Excuse me, my recycling bin broke and I'd like a replacement, please. They had no issues giving me a replacement. Apparently, this is a pretty common response because down in the comments, there's tons of stories of cheap companies refusing to replace mostly damaged items. So disgruntled employees damage the items the rest of the way. Like this story from Pirate Ninja Monkey. I had a friend in college that if something was a little broke, he'd steal it or break it the rest of the way so it'd get replaced. Three out of four lights on the stairs outside, he'd kick out the last one. Next day, replaced. Hall phone broke, he flat up stole it. It was replaced the next day, etc. Our next Reddit post is from It's the B-Man. I'm a technology education teacher who always went above and beyond for my school, students, and administrators. I spent countless hours designing and building things for the school. Signs, murals, wall art, games, etc. I really didn't mind because I enjoy the design challenges that go along with these builds. That was until I received a pink slip. For those of you who aren't aware, a pink slip basically means that I may be losing my job the following school year. This really pissed me off because I had received great observations, became a role model for my students, and put in dozens of unpaid hours to create these side projects for the school. I had a meeting with my assistant superintendent who basically told me that she appreciated all my hard work but didn't see much value in my program. And with budget cuts coming down the pike, I would most likely be losing my job. Now, it needs to be mentioned that Tech Ed is not like the traditional shock classes of the 70s where students would build birdhouses and ashtrays. My curriculum focused primarily on STEM fields with heavily involved hands-on applications. I related otherwise dry material to awesome projects that all students enjoyed. My kids actually liked their schoolwork, and she knew it. It's also worth noting that both the valedictorian and salutatorian were going to Ivy League colleges to pursue STEM degrees. Needless to say, I was beyond livid at the superintendent. The week following the meeting, my principal asked me if I was interested in building some new games for the cafeteria that students could play with when they finished eating. Easy table games like mini knock hockey, checkerboards, etc. to alleviate students from getting out of control. I explained that I couldn't complete the project, and that was that. Until the assistant superintendent caught me in the hallway and told me, Just have the students build it! So, that's exactly what I did. I tasked my laziest and most unqualified students for a special project, the result of which was glorious. Checkerboards that didn't have squares, knock hockey boards with splinters and uneven goals, laser engraved puzzles that didn't fit together. I thanked the students and asked the assistant superintendent to come on down to my lab because the student projects were done and they were excited to show them off. In she walks and, upon seeing the projects, looks me dead in the eye. She now has a decision to make. 1. Ask me what the hell happened. Or 2. Tell the students to their faces what a great job they did. She opted for choice number two, going on and on about how great everything looks and how proud she was of the students while I had the biggest smile on my face, knowing how sucky they turned out. I thanked her for her suggestion to have the students build it as she left with essentially a pile of scrap wood. The projects never even made it to the cafeteria. I resigned from that school and took a job that paid $12,000 more at a place where I was valued. They ended up keeping the position and begged me to stay on board. OP, your school was going to cut STEM classes? What? They're literally the most valuable skills that students can have. What were they thinking? Our next Reddit post is from G.A. Armstrong. To set the scene, I used to work for a phone network in the UK in the late 2000s as a shop salesman. 
The company had a problem with declining sales as they thought themselves better than their competitors and people would pay for the privilege of being with them. Well, the public disagreed, and it showed. Of course, the head office couldn't comprehend this, and along with a string of draconian measures, they insisted that if you missed just one of your 21 key targets each month, you had to travel to wherever your area manager was and explain in person why you failed and how you'll correct this for the next month. And if you didn't, they started disciplinary proceedings. I, and a lot of the other staff, realized the colossal mistake they made in the wording. First off, we could choose when to travel to the manager, and the company had to pay for it by law. They even said they would pay for the travel and other expenses in the announcement and link the government website requiring them to pay. Cue the malicious compliance. I had actually just taken a job in a different industry and was on my three months notice. And this new policy came into effect in the first of the three months. I missed one of my targets by 2%, so I got the summons to see the area manager. I'd been informed that there was a meeting of area managers to be held in Inverness, the far north of Scotland, in two weeks, so I scheduled my meeting with them accordingly. Now, I lived and worked near the other end of the country in England, so I used the company system to book my travel and due to the journey times, which was nine hours to get there, I had to book a hotel for two nights. I also opted to pay the optional £50 to upgrade all of my bookings. I got a first-class train ticket and a four-star hotel. So on Monday, I traveled up and stayed overnight. Tuesday afternoon, I held my 15-minute meeting, which went like this. The area manager asked, So, why are you here? I missed my target for accessory sales by 2%. And how do you plan to correct this so we don't have to start a formal disciplinary? I don't. I beg your pardon? I have no intention of making a huge effort to sell four bucks worth of stuff. I officially leave the company in three weeks' time. The area manager was turning red with anger. What the hell are you doing here, then? Why have you even bothered? Well, you see, I need a good reference, so I'm following all the rules. I'll end it here, but you get the picture. I also showed him how much they paid to send me up there. The train tickets, which were first class both ways, were close to 800 pounds. And the hotel was around 400 pounds for two nights. Remember, I used the optional upgrades and paid 50 pounds in total for the upgrades on the system. So they spent close to £1,200 to send me most of the way up the country to tell the manager I was leaving. Oh, and they also paid me for three full days work to attend this meeting. Due to the location, I would need to travel up on Monday, attend the meeting on Tuesday afternoon, his only free slot, and then get the train on Wednesday to travel back home. I also know from speaking to my coworkers that they did similar tricks, and it basically cost the company tens of thousands of pounds to send the staff here, there, and everywhere to go to those meetings. It also caused a huge turnover in staff because people had had enough with all this garbage. I heard about three months after I left that they stopped doing this because the cost was astronomical, plus the amount of staff downtime was also astronomical. The company has slowly learned their lesson, mostly by replacing the top brass with people who have a clear idea of what they're doing. But yeah, that was the best trip to Scotland I ever had. So basically, OP, not only did your company pay for all of your travel, but they also paid you by the hour for a free vacation to Scotland. <laughs> and you left this company? This sounds like an awesome company to work for. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, then be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.